Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today here, Hour 2 on a Tuesday. We dive into the Major League Baseball Fall Classic, the World Series. Got some updated NFL MVP odds and some trending up and trending down in fantasy football as Fantasy Sports Today, Hour number 2, starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today, our 1 o'clock Eastern hour of the show. Full-time fantasy, by the way, coming up at 2 o'clock Eastern. Adam Bonus and Dr. Roto. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. Chris Bavona is our producer today. And Joe, uh, another week of the Fantasy Waiver Wire on Wednesday for most smart people in this industry. But for dumb people in the industry like me, we got to make decisions on uh, a league tonight, which would include, yes... The Guillotine League conversation returns for yet another yes, week. Yes, so thank God. What would we, we do in this segment every week if we didn't have this know, league? But we had over 115 points last week. Your guy, uh, Chris Meany, was second from the bottom, so he needs a little wake-up call. You may want to give him a buzz this week and see what's going well, on. We just with did him. a show yesterday together. We just did our recap show. So yeah, He, he, I'll, I mean, I'll he actually didn't have a terrible week, but he, he was second to last this week. I don't want to throw whoever was last under the bus, but... Uh, but either way, uh, somebody's out of the league. We can talk about that at another time. So um, I survived. So I've made it past the halfway point, obviously, of the season. So, Joe, you know, by now we're down to like 10 teams. It's like a t- like you can picture a 10 team fantasy league at this point. That's what we are. So uh, let me give you the, the team that got knocked out. Uh, surprisingly, there are some good names here. Tom Brady is on the wire. Kyler Murray is on the wire. Alvin Kamara, uh, the owner, picked up Kamara going into the week because he got knocked out the week before and then didn't Ooh, play this week. But, the Kamara curse. Yeah, that's what it, was, what it is. He's on the bench. Sony Michelle, I mean, you would think, wow, this guy did pretty good. And then here's the bad news. Carry on Johnson, bust. Don Devontae Freeman, bust. Mike Williams, bust. Delaney Walker, bust. DJ Chark, bust. So it was a very top-heavy week. If I'm not mistaken, this was the most points, even though it wasn't a lot, that was eliminated from any game this season. I think he was in like the 70 range. And so he was out. I mean, I think had 80. Well, I imagine that's going to happen now as you get with less. Yeah, there's there's more teams. The higher threshold for the cut line goes up. So so for me, Joe, uh, diving into this week, I I think that I'll have a better option at quarterback than what I have right now as a possibility because when I'm not going to get Tom Brady, obviously. And I'm not going to get Kyler Murray, obviously. So someone will probably end up cutting their quarterback, I would think. And that would put me in a better position. Yes. But my three quarterbacks, as it stands, I didn't get Carr. I tried to go for him last week. I didn't get him. So uh, Kyle Allen at San Francisco. Bridgewater is locked in for me this week for sure. Yes. Against Arizona. And then, man, can I start Joe Flacco anymore? I don't think I can, no matter what, right? Uh, Flacco against the Vikings? No, Flacco is Flacco this week. Colts. I don't love it. Darius Leonard's been out of his mind lately, but you're right. What's going to happen is somebody's probably going to pick up. I would throw out the Brady dollar anyway, just to see. Yeah, no one's going to. Oh, no, I'm not going to get. Him oh, but here's the thing. Brady from a, from a fantasy perspective hasn't been thrilling. So I'm trying to think of how many other teams 
you know, the Mahomes injury hurts you too because that owner is going to right. I could pick up Matt Moore if I wanted to this Drew, week. Please tell me somebody picked up Drew Brees already, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know because he was still floating around there too last time when we talked. I thought and you're like, no, nah, I don't want to pick him up. You have made some excuse about. Picking I mean, up I, I could, but. I I, uh, I need why to worry would, about this week, you know. Right, but if 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 you're benching a quarterback anyway, why not just have Drew Brees? Especially because you know the following week, whenever Drew Brees comes back, you're cutting. Well, he, but he's on a buy also. He's not available, but it's a, it's a moot conversation. Okay, all right. Okay. Um, Sony Michelle would be the guy for you that I would target too, because you're looking at the running yeah. back position. So that's really the biggest guy for but you. But I don't think I'm going to get any of these guys. I think that the only shot I have, I mean, I guess a small shot for Devonta <laughs> Freeman, maybe. I think you give a small shot for Devontae Freeman. I, I do, but I think people have soured. And I, I think so, and, why, then, and then I think Ty Johnson I may be able to get. Would you start it's Ty possible. Johnson over any of these guys? I mean, Gurley is a must-start against Cincinnati. I mean, it'll probably be terrible, but I got to do it. And then uh, Jordan Howard, I think I could probably cut Joe at Buffalo. Like, there's no need to even start him, I don't think, anymore. But I grabbed him for the one week. It didn't work out. Uh, Freeman scored that touchdown, didn't do much of anything else. He'd be a backup option. And clearly, when Gurley plays, they're not going to give uh, Henderson a lot of playing time. I probably could cut him back again. So running back yeah, is definitely my need. Would you start Ty Johnson over Royce Freeman against the Giants? Yeah. If he was the only standalone guy there, absolutely. I would. And I'll tell you what, I would go back to that Derek Carwell against the the Texans because you don't know who the Raiders are week to week. And they're probably it's probably a better scenario than Flacco, probably. So I mean, well, he's not available spot. car unless oh, he gets cut again. Get him. Oh, okay. I, I try. Oh, I like he the quarterbacks. You didn't get him. The uh, let me see here. I think Tannehill. Yeah, Tannehill got picked up, too. So the so uh, Fitzpatrick is available. He's uh, on the waiver wire for sure. Uh, let me see if Rudolph is out there just to see. Nope, Rudolph is owned too. Matt Schaub, if if uh, Matt Ryan doesn't play. And uh, let's see. Dolphins on Monday night with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, man. That's I it. There's, the no, there's no choices. I have to wait to see if somebody gets cut. That's what well, I got to do. Could you imagine if the Dolphins beat the Steelers? What's going to happen? Not impossible. It's not impossible. It really isn't. It, it, I can't believe the line is 16. It's that's... Oh. <laughs> well, look, the, the Patriots covered that ten pretty well. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was that was cake. I know Not that was even close. Discussion. That wasn't that wasn't a worry at all. So got that. I'm on a streak now. At least I didn't lose. You're Tom hot. Brady for the year. I'm hot, baby. You're hot. You could get Thursday out of my night, way. Thursday night and Monday night. Look, I think you're right. I think you play the you wait and you play the back end of the board. You wait and see who gets cut for Tom Brady. You throw a buck or two on Tom Brady. Just because I think from a fantasy perspective, people are kind of sour on him because the running backs are getting the touchdowns or, you know, he hasn't been as prolific. He's just been kind of playing quarterback and they keep winning games because the defense has been so good. Um, you're right. Probably the back end. Is Walton still out there, too? Because that's another guy in this game against the Steelers I'd be on. Uh, let's see. Walton Mark is, Walton. is available. Yeah, that's another guy I would add to that grouping of guys because I, I think he'll float under the waiver wire because people will I think I'd on- rather play Freeman. Oh, I don't know, man. He's getting a lot more carries than everybody else in that backfield right now. Not scoring, they, though. They put Bal- Balazs uh, They're in. not scoring. <laughs> you know? No, Balazs got the... He, Walton brought him down. They put Balazs in. He did get the one. Yes, he did. Granted. But that was like the one carry he had all day. So... No, listen, if, if that's all he gets, it still sucks. All right. Uh, tight end-wise, I got to cut uh, Witten. He's on a bye. There's no reason to hang on to him. I'll just cut him and pick somebody else up. So the tight ends that are available in the wasteland of tight ends. Jimmy Graham, I keep crapping on him, but he scores every week. I'm picking up Jimmy Graham for Jason Witten this week in flex. So Hawkinson. Um, no, it's Jimmy Graham. Or unless you want to put money on Delaney Walker, which Goddard? I is a good idea. Well, I would on Walker, but he got hurt. Uh, Goddard. How about Fells? Fells has been pretty good. Yeah, Fells is all right. Uh, I would still go with Jimmy Graham personally. I think that's the that's the route against the Chiefs, especially uh, the primetime game there. Chiefs are terrible defensively. So I'll, I'll take my chances with that. Whenever I go to this, it's always like, okay, who's the better quarterback? So Stafford's played well. 
So I, I guess the Hawkinson one, but he doesn't seem to get enough attention. Fells makes sense, but you'd never know week in, week out what Houston's going to be, I feel like. So I would put my money on Jimmy Graham. That would be, yeah. and I'm doing it. So I'm a Witten owner. I'm doing the same thing. How about Valdez Scantling? I got I got to play four receivers, so I'm going to play Michael Thomas. I'm going to play Hopkins. Well, you got to understand, he's the he's the tournament play. He's the dart throw. You have the guy. Oh, MVS God, every week I play him, he doesn't do anything. Yeah. And when I don't play him, he does something. Uh, I'm not playing Josh Gordon anymore, no matter what, but I'll hold him. And so it's Thomas Hopkins. I'm playing Boyd. I don't care. I mean, I watch that game. They throw to Boyd a lot. So, you know, he doesn't catch it all the time, but he, he's the main target there. And you got to drop Henderson. Henderson's the dead weight here on this team. Sorry. Well, I got to drop Flacco. Flacco, Henderson, you have maneuvers here. And even make. Jordan Howard. Drop, let me tell you something. It's a 10-team league right now. You could even drop Josh Gordon if you had Probably it. so. Yeah. If you saw somebody out there who really shouldn't be out there, you know, what What if carry like, here's a perfect example. What if people don't spend on carry on because they're a little worried? Hi, Jonathan. Oh, carry on? I'm not taking carry on. I need to win this week. I don't. I don't. You need to win. The one Josh thing that Gordon I've learned is everyone that gets picked out is keep keeps picking up guys for weeks in advance. That's what keeps happening here. All I'm saying is, if Josh Gordon's on your bench, wouldn't you rather have carry on on your bench and maybe he comes back in two weeks? You haven't maybe, played Josh maybe. Gordon with any confidence at all. Just saying, maybe. maybe. You know. I'm ho- I'm hopeful to add Ty Johnson, and so then my lineup would be at running back Gurley and Ty Johnson. My quarterbacks will be Teddy Bridgewater. Worst case scenario, Kyle Allen. Unless somebody else pops up, then I'll just play Kyle Allen and Teddy. That was not a terrible play this week. I don't think so either. And then uh, and then Thomas Hopkins Boyd about this scaling and a tight end. I'm probably not going to get much on the waiver wire. I mean, week. look, I it's the 49ers have been excellent. I mean, you'd prefer not to have that play, but if you have to, you have to. Like I said, I think somebody else is going to be out there in the quarterbacks because you're down to 10. So just the, yeah, it the has to be yeah. 20, 20 quarterbacks. Come on. Somebody's out there. Yeah, has to be. All right. We'll be right back with some updated odds on the NFL MVP race. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Sports today. And I like football. And I'm gonna keep doing a book because they make me feel good. All right, welcome back. It is fantasy sports today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizapia with you here on the show. And boy, the MVP in the NFL is definitely an interesting conversation at this point because when you look at it. It was pretty clear early on that the favorite was going to be, or at least looking like it was going to be Russell Wilson. But that has changed significantly, and a lot of the odds have fluctuated quite a bit. In fact, Christian McCaffrey, I don't know what happened here. Christian McCaffrey was six to one a couple of weeks ago. He's fallen back to thirteen to one. Aaron Rodgers, Joe, after the week that he had last week, makes sense. Is now the favorite, tied with Russell Wilson at about three and a half to one. And then you have some other options. It, the MVP seems to be shockingly a little bit wide open right now. I think anything can happen. Well, anything can happen except a, a non-quarterback winning. The last time a non-quarterback won was 2006, Ladanian Tomlinson, and the year before was Sean Alexander, 2005. So the smart money's on the quarterback. Okay, that's just where we are in a league. Maybe Christian McCaffrey becomes the the outlier there. The Panthers have to make the playoffs and be a playoff team. I think for in order for that to happen, um, but. 
the smart money's on the quarterback, don't you think? Just because of the data telling you that we have yep, in 15 absolutely. years, we haven't had one. Absolutely. But I, but I do think that Carolina makes the playoffs. I mean, come on, man. I mean, how could you have them not in there based on the wasteland in the NFL right now? There's so many bad teams. Well, the NFC is pretty good. That's that's the only trouble is is you got to kind of go who through would, that. Who would bank that? Who would knock Carolina out? Well, um, the West is very good. And if, and if three teams come out of the West, doesn't that put Carolina in kind of a bad spot? I'd have to go look at the standings again and see where everything is. But just off the top of my head, I mean, somebody has to win the East. At least they tell me that. Right. <laughs> somebody yep, somebody has to win the East. Um, I think we all feel pretty confident that the West, we're going to get the 49ers and probably the Seahawks. You're going to get from the North, who was also very good, the Packers and probably the Vikings. And then you're going to get the Saints. So that means that the Panthers are fighting for that last spot there, probably with the Rams. And they're four and three, and the Panthers are four and two. So it's not a lock. Yeah, no, it's not. You're right. You're right. I, th- I felt, I mean, I, I thought for some reason Carolina's record was better. I guess you're right. Yeah. No, no they're going to have to. Well, that means good. It's four and two. I mean, it's where you want to be. But the Saints have pulled to, are pulling away in that division. I think the Saints No, they're are not going to beat the Saints. Yeah. Right. And I think the, the North, would it shock you if the Bears got things together? No. Would it shock me if the Cardinals got things together? No, I mean, the Cardinals are just three and three. If you can believe it somehow, some way. Right. But the Cardinals have so many games against the division that somebody would have to lose in that case. Right. And they also have uh, two games coming up against uh, was it two games against the Saints. Some weird thing where a home. They've got two weird games coming up there where you're like, oh, God, that's that's going to be the losses and it's going to go downhill. Um, But look, it's it's not a given that the Panthers make the playoffs. And if Cam Newton comes back and plays the way Cam Newton was in the first couple games, then, then they're definitely not making the playoffs. Yeah, that was a that was a little surprising decision that Carolina sticking with Allen, and and it seems like they're just delaying the return and waiting for Allen to fail, and then once he fails, and they change it. That could be this week. I mean, it could be if he fails against San Francisco, and then they make that change. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson has moved up to six to one. He's now tied with Deshaun Watson. Mahomes is you'd, you'd have to really take a risk here at hope Mahomes nine and a half to one because we don't know what's the story with his injury. Uh, uh, McCaffrey fell back a little 13 to one. Brady's about where he's been at 14 to one. People love betting Dallas, so they're going to put Prescott in here no matter what he does. He's 25 to one. And Dalvin Cook is right outside of 26 to one. I didn't see anything beyond uh, 26 to one that made it interesting for me, Joe. No, McCaffrey is an intriguing one if you're a wagering enthusiast because you know, if somebody is going to break the mold and they do make it with the backup quarterback and Christian McCaffrey being this guy, especially in a year where Mahomes is hurt or Wilson has some inconsistent moments or Lamar Jackson still as a young quarterback has some moments that aren't great. I could see him being the guy. It makes sense. Dalvin Cook could also be that guy too. Because I think when you step back and you realize how good Dalvin Cook has been, he is not that far away from McCaffrey. And that's something to keep in mind as well. I don't believe the Aaron Rodgers narrative because I just we'll get to Green Bay in the next segment when we come up a little bit later on. But here's a here's a fun little trivia question for you. Can you name the last guy to win an NFL MVP that was not a quarterback or a running back? This is fascinating. And if you get this one, you are my you're my guy. I, I will bow down to you. This is a tough one. Can I get like a, an era, a year of some you can court? get early 80s. I will give you the era. Early 80s NFL MVP, early 80s. I can't even give you the team because I don't know if this is going to help you or not. Really? <laughs> well, that's how bad it is. I, I, I would never have guessed it. If you gave me a multiple choice, I would have never guessed it. Early 80s. Um... NFL MVP. He's the only person at this position to ever win it. Lawrence Taylor? Correct. The last guy, Lawrence Taylor. Wow, before, there you go. The last Nice, one, I nailed it. Before that. Yeah, Lawrence Taylor, 1986, MVP. Before that, 
And the only other guy at this position to ever win an NFL MVP, 1982, Mark Mosley, Washington Redskins kicker. He won the MVP? MVP, 1982. No way. I'm looking at it. 1982. It's right here. Ken Anderson, 81. Mark Mosley. A kicker won the MVP of the NFL. Oh, my gosh. That doesn't uh, seem that does that seems I'm looking at wrong. it. I'm looking here. Mark Mosley. Uh what? MVP. I'm gonna even put it in there. It says it right here. I'm looking at the I'm looking at it. NFL MVP list. Professional that, football player, a only special teams player ever to win an NFL MVP award. There you go. How's that possible? Was that the strike year 82? Is that sounds why? Right. That sounds right. I want to say it was the strike year, and that's that's or or one of them. That's crazy. You're right. Oh my gosh. I, uh, I know. Why, I, why would I make up something so stupid? I know I'm an idiot, but come on, every now and then I gotta, you know. But Lawrence Taylor. 86, Mark Mosley, 1982. The It is amazing to me that in the modern day of the NFL, when we've had such incredible players, we think about how dominant Ray Lewis was. Urlacher had some great seasons at linebacker. Nope, just LT. When you had some great pass rushers, breaking sack records. Nope, nope, not, not going to be it. It's always the quarterback or the running back. And the last 15 years, it's only been quarterbacks, which is stunning. And you could basically, it's like, it's Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Right. They go through that. Actually, you know what? There was one other one. I apologize. 2012, Adrian Peterson won it as well. So that's the last running back. So there was one snuggled in there in between all the Brady and Rogers uh, and uh, and Peyton Manning years. But yeah, it's no, tough, that's, man. That's wild. Yeah. No. And, and I'm going back looking now also that Mosley, apparently it was the strike season. Right. And, and a lot of his kicks, uh, I guess he had back to back to back game winning kicks as part of it and appeared on Good Morning America. <laughs> well, that was so, a big deal back then. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, of course. So, so that was a big part of it as well. Well, that was but, also the scab team, right? That was the team that that the they first kept two a games bunch of their players. I think. Yeah, the first yeah, two games of the, the year. The Redskins were one of the few teams that kept a bunch of the players who crossed the picket line when the other players came back, and there was a lot of like problems with that. No, I remember and, that. Yeah, and really Joe well. Gibbs didn't care. He's like, I don't care. I'm winning football games. You can shove it, and they ended up winning. So, you know, good for them. But it's NFL MVP is tough. If you had, if you had, I'll give you a thousand dollars right now to put it on somebody. Who would you put it on? Uh, um, maybe Lamar Jackson, maybe take a shot with Lamar Jackson. He's been that good. I mean, I mean, I know a lot of it's winning and it's a popularity contest, but it would it's be a Lamar contest, isn't it? Don't you think it's a media narrative? This award it feels or like it's it. become that more than anything. It feels and Russell like Wilson it. had that momentum and then Lamar Jackson took it from him literally in that game. And now I feel like Lamar Jackson has it. And I don't know if someone's going to take it from him. Like if Tom Brady trounces him in a game with the Patriots, like let's say Brady throws for 300 yards in that game. Are we going to go to that? Oh my God, Tom Brady, perfect season narrative. Cause what if the Patriots go 16 and zero? are you not giving Tom Brady the MVP? I find that hard to believe. Don't you? Well, I think most people feel like it's been their defense. That's carried them. And everyone has, is aware but, of that now. So I don't but know. But are you telling me on a sixth? I mean, if you had to tell me who's the most <laughs> valuable player right now, you could make an argument that it's Devin McCourty who has more picks than any other team. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean interceptions and turnovers are a little bit random. So they are, I, but they make a huge difference. I mean, he could be game. he could be defensive player of the year. It, it look he, Darius Leonard to me is defensive player of the year because that guy's just you know like him and Khalil Mack are just game wreckers those dudes. But I I don't well, know like, man. Uh, Keekly is like that too. Keekly is very yeah. Keekly is definitely in that conversation too. But you look at that Patriot schedule and and if they beat the Ravens now and I don't know if Mahomes will be back. We hope he'll be back for that game. I think it's. Was it December 1st? I think that they play the it, feel, it feels like you will. It feels like you will. But 
You don't know that for sure. No, we don't know for sure. And if he's good enough to play, it doesn't mean he's good enough to be 100%. And we all know that's always a narrative, too. Oh, yeah. So Mahomes won the MVP last year, year, right? Mahomes was MVP last year? Uh, last year... Oh, I gotta go back to the list. Yeah, I, I, I think he was. I think it so, was. Yeah, I, I, I think it's unlikely that he. Yes, would, I, would, I would eliminate him from this year. I would eliminate him too. Uh, yes, he did win last year and the year before Tom Brady, which was his third. Yeah. So the only guy's right. got more is Peyton Manning with five. We got a trending up, trending down segment coming up next. We'll be back in just two minutes. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. The NBA tips off two games tonight, and you can dunk on your NBA DFS competition using DailyRoto.com. Compete with the pros on FanDuel and DraftKings with the DailyRoto.com optimizer and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS. Plus, you'll get lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com DUNK to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com slash DUNK to get your 10% off now. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. And welcome back. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia and producing the show as always. Today, it is Chris Bavona who is uh, stepping in for Sean Guastamaki, taking a couple of well-deserved days off. And uh, we take no days off during the fantasy football season, Joe. It's time to take a look at some trending up and trending down players in fantasy. You can also catch Joe's work over at the Fantasy Black Book and Fantrax and Line Star. And if I forgot something else, Joe, let me know. But uh, let's get into some trending up and trending down players for you as we begin at the quarterback position. Well, I like to always look at this, and I'm always big on trends in sports because sometimes when players are feeling good and everything's rolling, the confidence is there, good things are happening, and the reverse, too. Now, this is something in baseball we do all the time. We'll look at the last two weeks. We'll look at the last you know five days, all this kinds of stuff, and it really helps, especially in the DFS world. It helps a ton. The problem is, in football, we don't have as much data to really go through because you're only playing one game a week, so that becomes a much more difficult task. So what I like to do is, at this point in the season, kind of look at the trends because the first couple games, teams are still kind of figuring out their identity. They're coming out of preseason. Some teams aren't really firing on all cylinders, so really it comes down to now that we're into the last four weeks here, the you kind of throw out weeks one, two, even week three is kind of wacky. This is really what teams are trending like. And these are the players that are really making a significant difference and trending almost at the very top of the board. A quarterback is Kirk Cousins. He has 10 touchdowns over his last four games, which is one pick and over 1200 yards. So Craig Mish, after a disastrous start to the season, if I told you after week two, that Kirk Cousins would have a 10 to one touchdown to pick line. I'm sure you would be very surprised, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. And, and he's completely changed his season around after that performance against the Bears. I, don't, I mean, the Bears have completely changed their season around <laughs> since that performance against the Vikings. They went the other way. So, yeah, Cousins has really come on strong and um, and looks like the fantasy guy that you drafted at the beginning of the season. He is back. If somebody cut him in the, in the uh, you know, put him on the waiver wire after a couple of weeks ago and you grabbed him back, good job by you. We'll have to see what happens as he moves forward because Thielen is a very big part of that offense. 
And uh, an interesting name, I think, this week in fantasy leagues would be Irv Smith, especially for Thursday night's game against Washington. I think he could be a good pickup, a high-round pick for them. But he's been absolutely solid without a doubt, Joe. And uh, Cousins is somebody I think you can start now as a QB1, especially with these bye weeks in the fantasy league. Now, despite the ankle injury for this next guy, he's been playing outstanding football as well. Now, the team's been awful. So there's sometimes a lot of negativity surrounding a player because the team is bad. But this is fantasy. So you got to separate yourself from that. And it's Matt Ryan. Over his last four games, seven touchdowns, just one interception, also 1,200 plus yards. So even though the Falcons are dreadful, the good thing you can take out of it is that they're continuously having to throw the football and be aggressive on offense. And hopefully Matt Ryan's ankle will continue to trend in the right direction. But Matt Ryan might be a guy where you start seeing pieces getting sold off and all this stuff. It doesn't matter. Matt Ryan is an outstanding fantasy asset. And it's just a reminder to everybody out there. He is right in that conversation in the top five quarterbacks over the last month. And that means Deshaun Watson and all those big games he's had. That even means Aaron Rodgers in that giant game he just had. Matt Ryan is right there. Yeah, he's got to be healthy, clearly. I mean, that's that's going to be the key moving forward. But I, I would throw this at you, Joe, aside from fantasy. Do you think that this is Matt Ryan's last year in Atlanta? Do you think that they try to put him in a winning position next year? He goes to a team maybe like the Bears. That's a, a good example where a team's kind of, they kind of feel like they're just a quarterback away. Because I'm getting the sense, Joe, that the Falcons need to do a complete teardown Dolphins, Bengals, Redskins type thing. Well, they and just it, gave Julio a ton of money, so I find that hard to sell. You know, I, I don't. I think this is a team that thinks that they can turn it around quickly. I don't think this is a team that thinks they're in rebuild because if they are, why are they paying Julio? And if that's the contract to move next, maybe. I mean, we saw Odell get a ton of money and then he got moved the next year. So maybe it depends on who comes in and what kind of coach they bring in. Because if they think, hey, we got a quarterback, we got a big time wide receiver. If we have a good defensive draft and we make a few good moves in the offseason and really address that defense, which with whatever cap money you have left maybe just maybe you can turn it around very quickly and be relevant again. I think it's possible. I would be surprised if they kind of rebuilt the Falcons personally. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just I get that feeling that, that that's the that's the way that they probably have should. To go. Yeah, but I don't think they will. <laughs> so if that makes sense. So okay. you know, okay. we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'll now, these predict are, he's gone. You know, I'll, right. I'll, I'll predict it. And, and no indictment on him. I just think that that they can put him like as an example, you put him on Denver next year. Oh, please. If you put Matt Ryan on Denver with Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton and that running back situation, that's a fantastic scenario. That would be an upgrade there. Yeah, it would be huge. It would be huge. But But you're right. Atlanta would have to commit to a full teardown, though. It's so hard to find a quarterback. And if you've got one and he doesn't look like he's wearing down at all. I mean, look how long Eli Manning held on to that Giants job. Right. But (laughs) the point is, how 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 will the Falcons go from? Two and 14 to seven wins next year based on what? Uh, a great defensive draft and making one or two key free agents. Right. But you know, six rookies aren't coming in to make that kind of difference. You know, Falcons, Not if they won, that. if they won, if the Falcons go from two and 14 this year, Joe, to five wins next year, it'd be a miracle. Well, you know? I mean, look at how, look at how big of an impact and a change on the defense Darius Leonard made when he came in for the Colts. I mean, you can't say that one rookie can't come in and make a difference. He changed he that. He make a difference. But, you know, having dynamic. A, having Andrew he Luck, had 130 obviously. tackles in his rookie season. That is incredible. Joe, they didn't have Andrew Luck two years ago. I mean, that's the last year they had Andrew Luck. He had 130 tackles. Right. But season. having Andrew Luck was the reason why the Colts got as far as they did. I Leonard helped that. that. But Leonard right. helped. A, Leonard changed that defense and made them a team that was respectable. No, that's what I'm saying. They just have to be respectable. They're not. They're disrespectable. Uh, all right. These are quarterbacks trending down Daniel Jones over the last four weeks. So we're basically taking out that bucks game, seven picks, just four touchdowns, wow. 791 yards. It has been absolutely brutal. And look, last week was a good matchup on paper with the top weapons, save Sterling Shepard back. And it was still not a good game for him. Would I start him in this guillotine league? 
If somebody uh, cut him, that is a tough one. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I think you take your chances or with the, Kyle uh, Allen. No, Kyle, <laughs> I don't. San Fran's been so good. You probably have to look for another guy besides Kyle Allen this week because he has. You're right. He does have that opportunity of oh my god, if it really goes south, what happens? Does he get pulled? I don't know. Uh, another guy, Baker Mayfield, six picks last two uh, two touchdowns, just uh, 691 yards here for Baker Mayfield. Uh, that is that is just putrid. That's horrible. 691 yards from what's supposed to be one of the best passers in the league, potentially, especially when you give him a number one wide receiver like Odell. That is just you just can't have that from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I think that he'll be one of the better guys second half of the season. I don't know. Just He's a some, buy. Something tells me that you could buy him. I wonder if he gets dropped in your guillotine league. Yeah, right? oh, I would pick might... him up and start him right away. Oh, 100 percent. You got to throw him out there. Now, speaking of the Browns, there are some good things. Nick Chubb. At the running back position, five touchdowns, 374 yards over the last month. Also caught nine balls for 47 yards. So Chubb's been outstanding. Quietly, Sony Michelle's been very, very good too. Obviously, last night helped, but 282 yards, four touchdowns, plus um, we also caught uh, six balls for 51. So a great situation there for him. Chris Carson, I know the touchdowns haven't been miraculous, but when you look at the overall, 411 yards rushing. One touchdown, but 12 for 90 in the passing game, too. People don't realize Carson's actually catching the ball a little bit lately. Uh, he's got one receiving touchdown. So two overall touchdowns, not bad. Fournette, though, obviously leading the pack 536 yards on the ground over the last month, but just one touchdown. However, 14 catches for 109. Fournette's been an absolute stud. Yeah, Fournette is is the big one, I think, trending up here. Uh, I would add Jacobs to this list of the Raiders, too. He's been When he's played and yeah. given him time, he's been really good as well. But uh, Jacksonville has now basically scaled down the offense back again to take let to take some pressure off Minshew. And as long as Fournette's running like the way he is and he's healthy, I think the Jaguars have success. So yeah, I think that's a Jacobs is right in this top ten running back conversation over the last month, by the way, too. I think yeah, he, no, he's been really from good. a fantasy points perspective, I want to say he's six or seven if memory serves. Um yeah, Raiders gotta backs, stay in games. That's yeah, key. yeah. Running backs trending down. David Montgomery just eighty four yards and a touchdown over the last month. Oh terrible. And I know there was a bye week in there too, but still not good. Joe Mixon, 176 yards, zero rushing TDs, eight catches for 48. Look, that's just not what you drafted Joe Mixon to be. And I'm hoping at some point it turns around. But I got to be honest with you, Craig, every week that goes by, I'm less and less encouraged that it can. Do you think Mixon is a buy at this point or is it just let's let him rock on so. someone else's roster? Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's it's the David Johnson situation of last year. It's the same thing. Really that's bad terrible. team, really bad offensive line, no hope. Yeah, terrible. Speaking of surprisingly bad, it's been James White who – could have had a touchdown in last night's game, and that might have changed this narrative a little bit. He got tripped up there, and with nobody between him and the end zone, he got tripped up on the sideline. Just 26 rushing yards over the last month. And now he has caught 30 balls for 208, so let's be honest, that's his role in the offense, but zero touchdowns over that time. So James White, after a fantastic RB2 finish last year, high-end RB2 in PPR, not a great run here in the first half. I would be buying him. And I'll tell you what, Montgomery's not the only crappy Bears running back because Tariq Cohn, 31 yards rushing, and get this, 17 catches, but just 65 yards on those 17 catches. Last week, he had nine catches for like 15 yards. I don't know. I, I mean, the Bears are just lost <laughs> offense. You're trying to figure out how can that even be? Just from a mathematical standpoint, I'm just lost how that could be possible. Yeah, the Bears offense just looks as bad as any offense in the NFL. So I would agree with all these trending down. Um, I would also say that you know with New England, both with Sony Michelle and with White, this could flip-flop in the next seven weeks. It's just, you'd never Absolutely. know what to do what with the Absolutely. I mean, they had Brady speaking the ball buy. a bunch of times early in the season. White is a great guy to buy right now because I think as the season goes on there, you know, that you're going to see a fair amount of James White. You saw him last night. It just, like I said, had he had that extra 10 yards in the touchdown, it would have been maybe a little different narrative. He might not have made the list. Uh, wide receivers trending up. Cortland Sutton, over the last month, 
20 of his 32 targets he's caught for 317 and three touchdowns. That is very solid material right there. That is that is strong wide receiver two material. And granted, sometimes it's a little scary because you never know what Joe Flacco is going to do. But Cortland Sutton's been good. D.D. Westbrook's also been quietly good, too, lately. After D.J.'s kind of been the guy, all of a sudden it's been Westbrook. 21 catches on 34 targets for 304. No touchdowns, but this might be an opportunity to kind of get D.D. Westbrook on the cheap because things seem to be trending in a better direction for him lately, Craig. Yeah, and I just traded for Westbrook in a dynasty league, so I can speak to that for sure. Uh, Sutton uh, trended up. I, I think that that Denver's going to go to Drew Locke soon, and then I, I think that his fantasy value is going to get zapped, but for the time being, he, he gave you what you wanted for sure, no doubt. Well, I mean, how, how bad could Drew Locke be, I guess, compared he to could be as bad as Haskins. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Corey Davis, surprisingly trending up two in the last month. 16 of 22 for uh, 235 yards and two maybe touchdowns. Maybe Tannehill. Yeah, maybe Tannehill. Um, uh, please, I, you know, I did this bit on the Black Book show yesterday. It was, uh, it was like you know, Ricky Bobby, you know, in Talladega Nights when they're praying around the table. Mm-hmm. I was like, please, please, Ron Tannehill. I just, I, can you please make, make Corey Davis just relevant? Please, please. Yeah. I, and you're swaddling close. I just want you to make him relevant, please. A wide receiver is down. Odell Beckham, 10 catches of 24 targets, 148 yards and zero touchdowns. Whoa. Oh, my God. End of the first round, beginning of the second round, not the value you want. Keenan Allen, 15 of his 28 targets for 160, zero touchdowns. And, of course, Juju, 11 of his 15 targets. Just 15 targets, man. 97 yards, one touchdown. So it's not been good. Yeah, Juju's got to catch the ball five yards and, and a cloud of dust. It's the only way that he's getting it done. I think Keenan Allen will bounce back. And I think Beckham, too. I think all three of those guys are very good by low guys. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll talk about some by low guys at the tight end position, maybe some defenses as well. We'll also have a preview of the World Series. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia, World Series Game 1 tonight. Nationals, Astros. We're going to get to that in just a second. But real quick, uh, where we left off, Joe, at the previous segment, let's just wrap it up here uh, with a quick tight end discussion here uh, in terms of trending up and trending down. Who you got here? And then let's move on. All to right. Stage. I'll give you an up and a down. Gerald Everett is trending up. Okay. You wonder why Cooper Cup's kind of tailed off a little bit? Well, it's because Gerald Everett's been tailing up. 18 of his 34 targets he's caught for 239 and two scores. So he also, in all the deep stats, in terms of air yards, in terms of yards per catch, all these other things that I know all the fantasy nerds love, Everett over the last month is the best guy on that offense. So Keep that in mind. If you're looking for tight ends, he might be a guy you might be able to pry away on the cheap because people don't realize how much he's been integrated into that offense. And down Greg Olson, six catches on just 13 targets for 56, zero touchdowns. So it's been a tough road for him after what we thought might be a little bounce back. He had a good start to the season, then not so much. And then the last two here, I got to throw a defense out there. So everybody wants to talk about the Packers defense, but you know what? They have just 16 fantasy points over the last month. Just 16. That's it. And just for uh, just for a range too, the New England Patriots have 110 fantasy points over the last month. Oh, that is phenomenal. twice yeah. that is twice as much 
in some leagues, depending on the format you play in, there's the number two, which is the 49ers. That is madness when you think about like that you could be that much better than it's because of the turnovers and the touchdowns and everything else. Just just incredible. Yeah. And and I think that going into the season, New England was probably fantasy wise drafted as a top five defense. They always are because they play in a lot of high scoring games. and There's a lot of defensive scoring on interceptions, but nobody had them pegged as the top fantasy defense in the NFL. Nobody Nobody had them pegged and they were basically a gimme defense. They were not even ranked in the top five. And fantasy defenses. Yeah, yeah. Look, the Bears were number one across the board everywhere, and then the Ravens on name, I guess. Probably Patriots were free. To, they were ranked number eleven on fantasy pros coming in. Yeah, the year. no, they've and then and again, that's part of the the part that I don't like about fantasy is that uh, you know so much luck involved in this, a complete guessing game with defenses and kickers, and so uh, look good for you if you picked them up for sure. It's it's a, a key waiver wire ad, maybe one of the biggest ones in the season. Maybe looking back on it, that was the best waiver wire ad. You you probably that. have to. You can't drop them. Like you can't if they're when they're on a bot. You can't drop the Patriots. No, you defense. can't. No, Mm-mm. there's no way no. you can. You have to figure that out on your roster. Okay, <laughs> which is rare. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been riding like Saints and Jaguars most of the year, just kind of going back and forth with those two teams. Well, Saints have been very good. Saints, yeah, have Saints have been too. really good and and scoring some touchdowns. Jaguars came alive last week, sacking Dalton, picking off Dalton a bunch of times, scoring. I mean, it's the Bengals, so I guess that's the the bottom line behind the conversation. All right, uh, the World Series, Joe, begins tonight. And uh, I mean, look, Houston's a a monster favorite tonight with Garrett Cole on the mound taking on Max Scherzer. I was on the radio uh, earlier this morning. The station was asking me, like, you know, trying for me to build the case for the Nationals and and how it would happen, how it would play out. And I just keep going back to the same thing, which is they're going to have to beat Garrett Cole to win the World Series. Like that's going to have to happen. And no one's done it in four months. So that begins tonight. They'll need to somehow, I think this this game would, for Washington to win, I think it would probably have to be like two to one or three to two going into the seventh or the eighth. They pull Cole and then something goes wrong for the Astros, but then even still they're at home. And so we saw what can happen if they go to extra innings. I mean, Altuve had a home run off Chapman to win. So I don't know. I, I, I want to believe that the Nationals can win this thing. It wouldn't shock me at all to see this go seven games at all. I, I legitimately think it could. Houston went in as a big favorite against LA a couple years ago, and that thing went right down to seven games, and they needed every pitch from Charlie Morton to win the World Series in that one, too. So I certainly could see it happening. But Garrett Cole, to me, Joe, is just a game-changing and series-altering type player. We've talked about Bumgarner being the comp, and it's when you have that guy and you know that he is in your back pocket for game seven, I just provided that Houston wins tonight, like they're supposed to win and then they get them for four and seven. I, I don't know how Washington pulls it off. I just don't. All right. Just devil's advocate for fun. Yeah. Let's no, say it, it could look anything in this can game today. Let's say in this game tonight, it changes the entire way. It is one Open game. spits the yeah. bit. We all know that. Let's say that happens. What does that change the line in your mind to the Nationals? Like if they beat Garrett Houston Cole one still, time. Houston is still a favorite to win the series, but not nearly as heavily. But they are still the favorite. A, you know, significant favorite to win the series because they still, again, could steal a game from Patrick Corbin. I mean, Patrick Corbin is not the same as Cole. So Houston could easily win game three with Greinke, and it would shock no one that Houston would go to Washington and win game three. Assuming that, yeah. in your theory, assuming that Washington wins tonight, which is certainly possible. Washington wins tonight. Let's assume Houston comes back, wins one of two at home. Would it shock anyone to see Houston go to Washington game three? 
and win? No, no one. And then you have Cole again game four. Would it shock I, you to see Cole lose twice? Yes. <laughs> That's the difference, right? I think the Nats have enough of a little bit of a mojo going here that they can push this thing to seven. Because I, I I always say this. if you, I think that could team, happen. Yeah. A team that doesn't go away and keeps winning late games starts to believe that they're invincible. And you've seen this. And I've seen it in baseball, too, a ton. It's, it's not even a good team, necessarily. Like, the Nationals are a good team. I've seen far less good teams that are behind and find ways to win and come back. Like, it's funny. We talked about Hershiser yesterday, but that 88 Dodger team is the quintessential version of a team that was not very good, had a bunch of veterans and one hot pitcher, and they won it. Why? Because Mike Sosha had a home run off Dwight Gooden that I can still remember to this day, just like daggers in my heart. And they started to believe that no matter what the scenario was, they can come back. And then they threw Kirk Gibson up there in that first game against Eckersley. And remember what kind of underdogs they were Huge. in that series yeah. to the, the Oakland. Oh, Oakland look, Athletics. Oakland had everything. They had McGuire and had every, every and star, everything. Yeah. And Eckersley, who had not blown a save, I don't know, ever. And he came in there and there's Kirk Gibson. Pup, uh, the little home run there on a two strike count. And I feel like the Nats have a little bit of that mojo. They okay, got it maybe from that so. first game. Maybe so. And yeah. I think it's carried over to in these other games, too, where they're just they're behind. They're OK with being behind or they don't panic. I think they'll go to seven, seven game. Anything can happen. I'll take the Astros in seven. But I think the Nationals are good enough to push this to the brink. And I, I think, think they those could. home games are going to be wild because that crowd's been outstanding. For yeah, the they've Nationals. done a good I job. Think the home field advantage. You might see this be a four, three, two, you know, kind of a, I mean, you know, a two, three, two rather sort of a thing where you, the home team wins every game in this series. That would not shock me. I, I think that for the Nationals to win the series, and I don't want to put too much importance on game one, but for them to win the series, the uh, the thing that would have to happen tonight, Joe, is they have got to scrape out two runs against this guy tonight, even if they lose. I, I don't think that they can allow Cole to go seven shutout innings. That's well, it's not like these guys never seen Cole. He did pitch in the NL for five years. No, I, I know, like, but no one's beating him. this guy. So they have to at least hit the hit him a little bit so they can have some confidence in game four, even if they lose tonight. I think it's OK to lose. But if he goes seven innings, three hits, no runs, no walks, 12 Ks, dude, you know exactly what's happening in game four. <laughs> it's going to be the same and, and game seven, even if they lose the others. They have got to hit him a little bit. Dude, often, but I always know, dude, dude. <laughs> That was good. I like that. Right, threw a dude in there. You're right, though. Uh, you do. Okay. You don't throw so, dude very often, but when you do, no. I know you're serious. I am serious. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll we'll have a recap of Game One tomorrow for sure. That's what we'll do first and foremost tomorrow. Um, let's hit on the manager situations. It seems like Phillies is Girardi, right? I guess. I mean, is, is that official yet? Or you you're the baseball? Uh, I believe I believe it's his choice. Yeah. Oh wow. So yeah, I, I believe they. Go. I believe uh, it's his choice for the Mets or Phillies, and he's picking the Phillies. Yeah. Okay. Would you pick the Phillies if you were? Girardi? If I was, I if I was him, it seems like a really good spot to be in. Yes. It does. Why? Why is that better than what the Mets have to offer from a pitching standpoint? Because the Phillies are going to be willing to go get more in the offseason. That they're built to win now, and there's no stopping them. But you're in terms of talent right now. The Mets have more. What if I told you the Phillies ended up with Cole after the season? You'd be like, oh, no brainer. Um, I, I think the Phillies, I think, I do. I think it is a better spot than New York. And and equal amount of pressure probably, but I, I do think Philadelphia is more talented. I do. 
Well, nothing is more pressure than New York, but nothing's more negative than Philadelphia. I've lived true. in both places, so I that's can tell true. you. Like, um, for you, you know what? You know what? With Philly, they lost McCutcheon for the year at the beginning. They, they lost David Robertson. Never pitched for them. Nola that was, was a terrible big in the first ad. Yeah, I I think that that, that turns. I, I'm a just, you know me. I'm a, I'm a big Real Muto fan. I'm a big Harper fan. They have Hoskins. I I I, well, I think you Philly and I are both Harper fans. We are. We I feel like we're in the minority. I like Bryce Harper. See, I was a George Brett fan as a kid, and he just reminds me of George Brett. He's kind of a jerk. He plays really hard. He doesn't care what you think of him. And I love that about George Brett. But, but George Brett played on the small market, go get him kind of team that everybody liked to root for against the Yankees. So it was okay then. But like, you know, Bryce Harper, he's a jerk. We don't like Bryce. What? Why? I don't know. It's the same dude to me. I don't see the difference personally. Uh, okay. So the Cubs, the Cubs uh, is coming down to the end here. Now, I know a lot more about this particular situation. We'll have to wait another show to to talk about what exactly went down with the Cubs. But they have their final two candidates are uh, Joe Espada, the third base coach of the Astros, and David Ross, the uh, former catcher of the Cubs. I believe that the uh, manager is going to be Ross, and this will probably be announced after the World Series. But then what's interesting about this, Joe, is that doesn't it kind of feel like if if the Cubs go with Ross, which makes sense, you know, he was there and, and I would be shocked if it wasn't Ross. Right, it just seems right. like that's it, the way they're it's trying gonna to be. It's gonna be him. Okay. So uh Espot is gonna get a gig, right? But doesn't it feel like the 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 uh the Pirates and the Giants are like leftover scraps? Like what in the world are they doing? Like are they just well, waiting till this is all over? Well, the Giants too, job, right? Here's the Giants job. Okay, you got a great pitcher in Bumgarner who's you know basically coming towards the end of a deal. And you have a pipeline system that is not great. I mean, the 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 San Francisco no, Giants not good at all. Yeah, prospect line is not good. You don't have that Juan Soto, or you know, one. You don't have. They that actually guy. have two guys that that are starting every day. Well, uh, they got the catcher, right? They got um, Joey Bart. Joey Bart, but and they I mean, also have. Uh, I don't like Julio to hang Ramos. my hopes on catchers. You know, I, I'm still, I still have Matt Weeders burn from the Orioles. You know, like where you just, you know, you think the catcher is going to be the guy that kind of leads this team. You know, the last guy that was a game changing catching prospect got moved to, to other places. You know, like it's like Carlos Delgado, where you take a guy like that who was a catcher started out that way, and you moved into first base because the bat was so good, you had to get him in there all the time. And I, I don't know if, if was the other one the Pirates. Uh, the Pirates, see, Pirates have to just one. sit back and just take whoever will go to them. But you have I mean, to. Now, who who wants is, that gig? Who's the Mets manager? That's why I want to know. Yeah, no, the who, Mets one is it one. Two. I, I'm honestly like, and I know Eduardo Perez personally. I am shocked that it's coming down to him being a strong possibility for this. I, I, I guess I just don't know enough about baseball. I, I, I like Eduardo and I know him, and he broadcasted for the Marlins, and no one's even mentioned that he's working for the Pirates right now. Why wouldn't he be a Pirates candidate to be the job? I, I don't, well, I don't get because that's very Mets, right? So if you're the Mets, who would you want to be your next manager? I mean, it, it feels like Showalter is going to take that team to good things. Like, why would I be fine be with candidate? Buck? I like Buck. You know, God forbid we give Buck some confidence in a, and a, and a strong team. God forbid. He's a good baseball man. I always like Buck. I got no. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Give me that over. Beltran. They don't seem oh. to be interested. Yeah, they don't seem to be interested. I don't know why they were interested in Girardi either. He's not and then the Royals team. job, they're going to just take some analytics guy. That's what they mean. Potentially a guy that we are just not enamored with. But again, Joe, it's the Royals, you know, like they're not winning this year. It's they're in a rebuild. So they should just take somebody from, you know, the fantasy community and just have them manage the Royals. seems like that would be easier. They should take Chris Meany. Yeah, Meany could be good. I'd be good. You'd be good. Any of us. I would not be good. 
That'd be good. I'm a good manager of people. Okay. Done yeah, there you go. Life. Joe Pizza Pia. Right. You heard it there first. Hire him. Okay. That's All right. Hire we uh, we are out of time here on the show with the exception of Exit Velocity. So let's take a quick time out and we'll have that coming up next. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As always, we end this show with a little way to go out, and we call it Exit Velocity. I feel the need, the need for speed. Ow! Exit Velocity. And yes, that is the voice of our producer today, Chris Bavona. And we end the show with a little exit velocity today. And we just spent some time talking a little baseball. You guys know I love to discuss that. Went on a uh, radio show this morning. They asked me a question. What could be the game-changing factor that allows the Nationals to win this series? And I have to think about that for a minute. And I'll tell you what I told them. If indeed Major League Baseball has tinkered or not tinkered with the ball, it is relevant because we're seeing a lot less scoring going on in the postseason like we always do. And if that is the case, is there that remote chance that we get an old school World Series with all this pitching? Is there the chance that the Washington Nationals speed with Trey Turner and Victor Robles becomes a factor in the series with maybe some first to third action? and some stealing second base action, because that could be the one area of concern with Houston. That's no knock on any of their catchers, including Maldonado. But you would think that the speed of Turner and Robles could outshine the arm of Maldonado in a late inning situation. If the game is tied at one, if the game is tied at two, would actually Dave Martinez go to the run game, which is something we don't see at all in Major League Baseball. Everyone's just waiting for the walk and then the home run, and I get it, and that may be the case. But let's circle that narrative and see if that ends up playing out. It's something we haven't seen in a long time in the postseason, but that's the clear advantage on the side of the Nationals, having two guys that can run and steal more bases because Altuve, not the same guy anymore running. We know that. That could be the advantage for Washington. If they take advantage of it, it remains to be seen. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to my co-host Joe Pizzapia and our producer, Danny Chris Pavona. For Joe, I'm Craig Mish. Full-time fantasy is next. We'll talk to you on Wednesday at noon. Have a great day, everybody. See ya.